What the heck's going on in Champaign, Illinois with Brett Bielema? They, they have a real shot to get to. Frazier's got it! And the Big Ten Championship is in Champaign! They rush the floor! And now, broadcasting live and local. From the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting up with Travis Sparks. Larry Bird, the hick from Salt Lick. Yeah. Eric Frog. I have honestly no idea. It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Welcome in, welcome in to a Wednesday edition. Wednesday, you know what that means. And it's the starting lineup. It's past the 11 o'clock hour, and we're here until the noon hour here on ESPN Radio. What's happening out there? Travis Sparks, Eric Fry hanging out alongside, and we got some uh, sports to uh, hit up on uh, today as we got a lot of uh, basketball here to get to today. Got some uh, local sports uh, from uh, last night, uh, some uh, key games. We had the uh, FEM's Topless uh, rivalry game. We had a good one there at the uh, Inlow Center with St. Anthony and uh, Newton that we'll hit up on, as well as the game that I was at last night in uh, Carlisle with out to my Carlisle. We'll hit up on that, and we'll take a look at uh, the action uh, for uh, tonight as the uh, St. Elmo Holiday Tournament continues uh, there as it began uh, last night that we'll hit up on, but uh, Cumberland is in action uh, tonight, so we'll hit up on uh, that matchup against an NTC team coming up yep. tonight as well. So we'll hit up on those couple things. We'll also be, uh, finally, we're not going to prolong it anymore as we push it off a little bit. We had a lot of Otani-centric talk yesterday to get to, and that was important, trying to break down everything that that entailed with his contract. So uh, we had to push Illinois basketball for uh, today, and we're finally going to talk about uh, that uh, loss that happened there on uh, Saturday. And we ended up losing on Saturday, but because of that win earlier in the week against FAU, we still did move up in the polls in the Associated Press and the coaches poll. So go figure that out. And we'll hit up on that as well as we'll take a look at what happened in the NBA last night as well. As there was, must have been in the water last night, ejections. There were a couple of them uh, there uh, last night in the association. And one, a repeat offender. And one, well, it's kind of a head scratcher. Uh, they're on a very inconvenient night to throw this person out of the mm-hmm. game as well. So uh, we'll hit up on that. And whatever I don't get to here in the Trashville show, we get to into the podcast in some sort of a fashion. Might take a peek at MLB. I know there was a, a signing uh, there that the Giants made um, yesterday. Yep. So uh, we might touch on that in the uh, podcast. So, uh, of course, you can find that wherever you find your favorite pods. And also our website, fmradio.com, is a, a good source 
for that as well as well as all of the basketball games as well we turn all those into two podcasts as well on the website so uh, check that out if you want to relive any of the local action from the games that we broadcast so uh, that is what is on a tap for today let's see what we can get into let's see what we can talk about and we're leading off the show with a segment that we call first things first before we get into the show. First things first. And we're starting off in local sports. We're starting off in some local basketball from last night, local results. And we'll start off with the game that was over on our sister station, Jack FM. As it's all a matchup of one lost teams. Altamont came into this one of 4-1. and one. Carlisle came into it 6-1. and one. And Carlisle left there at home with a 7-1 record as they got the win over Altamont last night, a 54-41 there as the game was kind of back and forth early on. There was some ties and lead changes there, but ultimately uh, Carlisle uh, took control there late in that uh, first quarter and also late in the second quarter as well as it was uh, Matthew Guthrie who uh, was doing most of the damage on offense for uh, Carlisle using that 6-7 frame uh, of his. He had some height and has some length and that was what the Altamont was worried about coming into this one it was the the size and length of uh, guys like Guthrie and Steinkamp and Taylor and the crew uh, there in Carlisle and ended up being a problem. I know that uh, Altamont got uh, re- out-rebounded uh, pretty handedly uh, there last night and it was just a bad night offensively uh, for Altamont, obviously only putting up 41 points uh, in the game and with uh, how Carlisle, good how they were playing and not very many uh, turnovers that forces Altamont, you know, to play in the half court and they're just a different offense when they uh, play in that style as, you know, Altamont basketball turnovers that leads to points and uh, so rebounding the basketball as well leads to uh, points as well on the offensive end, but it just wasn't there uh, last night and coach Niebury definitely echoed that in the post games and you're not going to win a lot of, uh, ball games when you're scoring uh, 41 points. It doesn't matter if the defense is good, holding them to 54 points. It doesn't matter when you're only scoring 41. You're not going to mm-hmm. win a lot of games uh, like that. And it was just, uh, not Altamont's night there in Carlisle last night. Yeah. I. It just wasn't, like you said, it just wasn't a good night. And, you know, you're going to have those along the way. And you know, Travis, somewhere along the way, Altamont would like a rematch with Carlisle. Well, fortunately uh, for Altamont, they're not going to get it because Carlisle's in 2A this year. Oh, man. <laughs> well, that's a bummer. I, I'm fine with that. Uh, well, I, I, I know you are, <laughs> but... Yeah, they uh, they had a little increase in enrollment, or the IHSA uh, uh, shifted the enrollment, mm-hmm. so they have 300 students, so they're uh, put in 2A uh, this year as, you know, just last season, Altamont ended... Uh, Carlisle's year in the regional semifinals and it's kind of what we talked about with uh, Dominic and along with the game that Carlisle had a lot of players from last year's team so 
Uh, they only have one senior on the roster, but uh, Vonderhaar played a lot uh, last year. So even though they don't have the uh, they, a lot, they have a lot of juniors, but they don't have that upperclassman like you would think a seven and one team would be. But the younger group played a lot last year, and so they got that varsity experience. And you know they're turning that record that was eight and twenty three last year to now off to an amazing start. Uh, for them was seven and one so uh, they uh, really got something going on there and definitely trying to build on that legacy that uh, coach Palmer mm -hmm. uh, built there in his 19 years he retired after the end of last season so a <laughs> uh, former player of his Maverick Taylor uh, took over that program and uh, it looks like it's going pretty good uh, so far in the early going for Carlisle and Altamont they'll try to figure things out and they got talked with coach Niebuhr either in the post game of it's good or bad that you know you could say that Altamont after a loss you want to get right back at it right you get into things and get that bad taste out of your mouth but you know they got to go back in the lab and practice and mm -hmm. uh, try to run up some plays in the half court and whatnot and get that down pat because Altamont's going to have a week off now as they won't have a game on Friday anymore. As, again, I've been saying, uh, OPH had to reschedule uh, that for later in January. Uh, so they're off for a week, and they get Casey uh, when they finally do return to the floor, which is another tough matchup yes, it is. Uh, for Altamont. And, you know, uh, Coach Neveria said that, you know, they could have uh, a losing record or uh, their record may not be as pretty going into Cesar, uh the Cesar tournament later on for the holiday tournament that Altamont's participating in. So, um, you know, it's a uh, it's a big couple of games here to to close out before the holiday tournament start for uh, Altamont. And like I said, I don't know if that's good or bad that they have a week off now. They just have a week off to sit and fester about it. But Casey, they've been sitting on the loss that was handed to him Altamont mm -hmm. and that uh, epic sectional for comeback that Altamont had. So you know, Casey's just been sitting on that, and they've been festering on that all off season, mm -hmm. uh, waiting mm -hmm. for this uh, matchup uh, with them. Uh, coming up so you got a lot of factors here uh for next tuesday's game yeah next tuesday should be a should be a great one and i look it forward to uh altamont coming out very strong on tuesday mm -hmm. having some time to you know dissect what happened and fix it mm -hmm. practice yeah. practice practice yeah there's definitely going to be uh, a lot of practicing uh, for sure. So, uh, you know, in that thrilling Altamont uh, comeback that they had in the sectional semi last year there in Altamont, you know, they were down 20 points and they came back and won. But Casey was on the other side of that. The thrill of victory for Altamont, but the crush of defeat for uh, Casey uh, there for them. They definitely uh, want some revenge on their mind coming up on a Tuesday. But uh, we got a little bit to get there. And uh, Casey, they were in action last night against a fellow NTC team. We'll see in a second how they fared. But uh, last night also in the uh, St. Elmo Holiday Tournament, the 63, 63rd annual St. Elmo Holiday Tournament, uh, it was the number one seed Hillsborough getting off to a great start as they defeated Ramsey 71-32. to Hillsborough got off to the uh, five-point lead, and they built that up a little bit slightly there at halftime, but they really took control in the second half, particularly in the third quarter. 25-5, to they outscored Ramsey there in that third quarter, and they would go on uh, to win. Uh, there, so uh, Hillsboro takes care of business, and they'll uh, move on. And Ramsey, they will slide over into the uh, consolation uh, bracket side of things. And also, 
uh, last night there in a St. Elmo's and Windsor Stu Straws getting the win over Patoka Odin, and this one took overtime to do it. It was 63 of 58 was the uh, final score as the game was tied there at a 16 after one quarter, and uh, Windsor took the four-point lead at half. They built that up in the third quarter as well. They outscored them by three, and uh, so uh, they had a pretty good lead there, but it was all wiped out in the fourth quarter. Patoka, 20-13, to they outscored the Hatchets, and then obviously Windsor outscoring them in overtime. There was all uh, stew in the extra session as Meinhardt led the way for the Hatchets. He had 22. Gurgle, he had 18 points, and those were the only two double-figure scorers. Uh, there for Windsor's two straws. So uh, Hillsborough and Windsor will move on into a Thursday's game at a 7:45 there in St. Elmo, and uh, it's Ramsey and Patoka will be the game before that at a 6:15 on Thursday, and we'll take a look at the action tonight in St. Elmo, including Cumberland coming up here in just a second. But uh, St. Anthony, they also picked up a major good win there against Newton. As St. Anthony got it done 50-43 to 43 in uh, this one. As St. Anthony took the early lead at 16-9 after one quarter. Uh, Newton uh, was even with them there in the uh, second quarter. And uh, St. Anthony uh, outscored them in the third quarter by one. And then uh, St. Anthony held on there for the uh, victory. It was Wessendorf leading the way for St. A. He had 17 in the contest, Brock Fearday, he had a 16 in Hatton. Almost double figures, but he had eight. As for Newton, uh, it was Wolf leading the way for the Eagles. He had 16 in a gear. He had a 13, but those were the only double figure scorers uh, there for the uh, Eagles uh, there. So uh, Newton, that was only their second loss mm -hmm. on the season, but good win there for St. Anthony. Uh, last night, picking up a win over a 2A school uh, there. Obviously, um, good win for the Bulldogs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a great win uh, for the Bulldogs. And uh, one that I I didn't see coming, honest, honestly. Right, yeah. And uh, uh, same thing now, 7-2 on the uh, season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just... From the, the way that we've seen, I haven't seen St. Anthony uh, play yet, but obviously seen Newton in action. But, uh, yeah, that was a good win for St. A, mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Uh, and then also it was a Casey getting the win, like I mentioned, against a fellow NTC school. And it, this one was a 58-30 to a 30 win over Nioga as uh, Casey built up that lead there into the first quarter as they led after one 14 to two and uh, they also took a big lead into the second half uh 36 to eight at halftime mm. and obviously they would go on to cruise to uh, the uh, victory uh there uh let's see it looks like uh, Casey had a balanced scoring effort besides uh, Richards who led the way he had 21 in the contest uh, parcel was uh, right behind him with eight but that was the next closest uh, score there and it was uh, Sheehan in double figures for Nioga 10 Bullock was right there with nine but it was Casey picking up the win they're looking for another win against NTC Indians as they'll play Altima there on Tuesday 
Uh, and in the Apollo, it was Tatopoulos picking up the uh, big win over Effingham. Big, I mean, a, a blowout. 67-227 to was the uh, final score as the Shoes uh, impl- implemented their dominance early. 21-9, to they led Effingham after the uh, first quarter, and they just continue to build up that lead as they had a 40-14 to lead there at halftime and outscored them in the third quarter as well to uh, go on to win. Uh, Gaddis, he had 22 points to lead the way for the shoes, and uh, they were balanced scoring. Pretty much everybody that addressed uh, got into the scoring column uh, because of a bunch of different guys did there. Joey Niebuhr, he had eight, and that was the next closest person. In a double figures as FEM, they were led by Killams. He had nine points in the loss there for the Hearts. It was Mattoon with the win over Shelbyville, 65-63 in a close one. It was Charleston over Robinson, 51-248. It was Mount Zion over Normal West, 51-234. And it was also Muhammad Seymour with the win over Taylorville, 66-18. In the Lincoln Prairie, it was Macon Meridian, Oliver Argenta, 78 to 28. Warrensburg Latham, Oliver Unity Christian, 78 to 17, was the final. It was Paris over Tri County, 60 to 52. And I saved this one for last because it was Arcola winning over Saragordo by 20, 57 to 37. But it was an impressive run that Arcola ended on the game with, as they ended it on a 28 to nothing run. Wow. In the final almost 12 minutes of the game. Mm. And so uh, they ended up winning by 20 there for the Purple Riders. So just a great run to end the game, to say the least. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Flora got the win over Mount Carmel, 41-22. Olney with the dub over Salem, 49 or 48 to 29 in the central Illinois Tuscola over heritage all over heritage 78 to 14 uh, Clinton over Riverton is 62 to 55 uh, South Central Conference saw Nicomas one over Pena 28 23 was the final score that I had uh, Jerseyville over Staunton 49 to 37 North Mac over Porta 47 40 Highland with the win over Litchfield, 64-50. And we also had a few games in girls basketball last night as well as we had a KZ Westfield to pick up the win over uh, Brownstown as St. Elmo. That's a good win right there for mm-hmm. uh, KZ as, let's see, it was uh, KZ with a lead by two there after one quarter and also at halftime. Uh, but they won it in the fourth quarter, really. They outscored Brownstown by 10, 15-5 in that quarter to go on to win the game. It was more leading the way for KZ. She had 29 in the uh, contest. It looks like uh, Hazlitt led the way. That's Diana Hazlitt for Brownstown. She had 13. Or actually, Seaball uh, was right there with 14 as well so uh, Brownstown falling a little bit short there against Casey and it was also Count Herrick Beecher City getting the win over Vandalia and this one was a, a close win it was a comeback win for Cowden as they win this one 58 to 52 as they uh, the um, Bobcats uh, trailed there at halftime <coughs> and it was a 30 to um, 19 lead for Vandalia, mm. uh, but CHBC wiped that away 
uh, really quickly in the third. They outscore the Vandals 24-10 to in that quarter. And then obviously going on to win in the fourth quarter as well. Uh, Carly Smith led the way for Cowden. She had 15. Uh, Rodman with uh, 14 for them as well. And it looks like uh, Whitehead led the way for Vandalia. 17 and Lupton at 15 there for the Vandals. Altamont will see Counter at Beecher City tomorrow night. They will. Back in Altamont. Altamont CHVC tomorrow evening yep. over on Jack FM. And should be a good one uh, there in the NTC on a Thursday night. And we also had a Taylorville with the win over Matt Toon, 72-50. Mount Zion over Amora Forsyth, 61-41. It was Arthur over Monticello, 49-31, and Robertson over South Vigo, 78-45. In junior high boys basketball last night at the 7th grade level, we had Lawrenceville over Jasper County, 41-35, Altamont Lutheran over North Clay, 25-22, and Cowdenhurst Beach City over Dietrich, 38-13. In 8th grade action, uh, we saw Jasper County get the win over Lawrenceville, 58-27, Altamont Lutheran. Got the win over North Clay, 59-22. And Dietrich with the dub over Cowden, 55-39 was the final score in that junior high contest. So that was a look at what was happening in the local realm of basketball last night. And coming up here on the starting lineup, we'll take a look at the local schedule for tonight, including Cumberland there at the St. Elmo Holiday Tournament, and that's coming up next here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. In 2021, the Effingham County Sheriff's Office received over 200 reports of fraud, forgery, and scams. This is your Effingham County Sheriff Paul Coons reminding you that if someone contacts you that you don't know with an offer that sounds too good to be true, it is. Please shop with our local trusted area businesses and craftsmen who work hard to maintain their reputation. If you think that you've been the target of a potential scam, call your local police to report it. You may prevent someone else from being taken advantage of. You shouldn't let financial concerns spoil your retirement, and you shouldn't have to worry about what you'll leave for your family after you're gone. If you set up a tax-free inheritance for your loved ones with single premium whole life insurance, you can drop your worries and enjoy your retirement. Contact your local Pekin Insurance agent to request a single premium whole life quote. And in Effingham, call Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. There are only three northern white rhinos left in the world. But together, we can turn things around. Your support to the San Diego Zoo Global Wildlife Conservancy helps support groundbreaking solutions. Join us now at endextinction.org. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com free. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. Four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. ZipRecruiter. 
the smartest way to hire. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free. And now... Welcome in to the podcast exclusive of the starting lineup. Travis Sparks here. As I let Todd Stapleton go, I certainly appreciate... <clears throat> excuse me. The starting lineup. My gosh. Stop the recording. On 98.9 The Game. Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here at 98 on the game, ESPN Radio. And we just talked about uh, last night's uh, local schedule. Let's hit up on uh, tonight's local schedule. And the uh, St. Elmo Holiday Tournament continues there as the uh, number uh, seven seed of Mulberry Grove will take on uh, the host, the St. Elmo Brownstown, at uh, 6 15, the first game of the night there. And then uh, following in that, you can hear coverage over on a WCRA for this one because that sees the number six seed at Cumberland Pirates take on the uh, three seed at Count Herrick at Beecher City there at approximately a 745 uh, there. And Eric's got the coverage uh, tonight on WCRA this evening. Yeah, always a fun time over there. The St. Elmo Holiday Tournament's always a good one. Um, you know, I, I look forward to that. That first matchup uh, there in the tournament, and then uh, you know Cumberland, it's 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 an uphill climb for the Pirates tonight. I think um, you know you just got the big win over Nioga uh, on Friday uh, by two. Well, Nioga lost to this very same Count Herrick Beach City team by ten. So that kind of tells you where Count Herrick is in comparison to Cumberland. That's the only common opponent they've both played at this point in the season. Uh, mm. You know, you look at Count Herrick Beach City's record. Two of their wins are against Ramsey. So you take away, you know, one of those because playing the same opponent within a week of each other is kind of, you know, not a not very fair to Ramsey. Yeah. Um, you know, these teams have very similar records. I just don't know. And, and it's the same argument we've had all season long about Cumberland. Where is your offense Cumberland com- coming from? This Cumberland team is averaging 35 points a game. Mm-hmm. That is not enough to get you wins in, you know, most sure. situations. Yeah. You're going to have to get some more points because you're not going to hold a team in this area to 30 or less. It's just not going to happen consistently. And mm-hmm. I don't expect that to happen tonight. Count here at Beach Cities, I believe, averaging close to 50 points a game. So you're going to have to find some offense somewhere if you're the Cumberland Pirates. And I don't quite know where that gets you know where that comes from so it may be a long night for the pirates cumberland also it feels like always plays bad in the saint elmo gym yeah. they always just, just something, something about, about that it. gym they do not perform well so yeah. again i, I give is. moments of pause there for cumberland yeah i definitely know how that is as uh, yeah cowden is averaging 55.6 points per mm-hmm. game 
there as uh, they've had a seven-point loss there to uh, South Central in their Thanksgiving tournament. That's the reason why they played uh, Ramsey two times already. They played them right. once in the Thanksgiving tournament and then one in the regular season uh, matchup. And uh, Cowden's also had a loss against uh, St. Anthony. They uh, lost that one 81-46, and they have also lost to uh, Dietrich. Uh, they're 56 to uh, 35. I know Cumberland didn't see them in the uh, Thanksgiving tournament mm-hmm. for the Maroons, mm-hmm. but uh, still. Uh, so uh, Cowden's 4 and 4 on the year, but uh, they'll try to uh, win, and whoever will try to advance to uh, Thursday's, or no, it's uh, Friday's game. Friday's game, yes. Yeah. So uh, I had the schedule. Uh, pulled up there it is as the uh, winners will play on Friday at 745 of those two games tonight and uh, the uh, losing teams will uh, play at 615 on a Friday and then uh, the action will conclude there in St. Elmo on a Saturday with the night the championship there at 730 of the uh, St. Elmo holiday tournament uh, there uh, and we also have the uh, Wayne uh, City Holiday Tournament continuing tonight as well. And North Clay is uh, going to, after they picked up their opening round win, they'll try to get another one against Weber at uh, 6 o'clock tonight. Also uh, in uh, girls basketball, we got a uh, South Central. They're going to be hosting uh, Oblong uh, Pal Hut. As uh, uh, Apollo Action, you also have Mount Zion and Lincoln. Not an Apollo matchup, but uh, still uh, Mount Zion in action there. Uh, Tri-County is at Paris, and uh, Staunton is hosting uh, Salt Fork uh, there in that one this evening. So, uh, you know, I saw that at St. Elmo, you know, they uh, have the holiday tournament going on, and we're slowly getting into some uh, schedules and uh, brackets uh, coming in as well. Just got one that was uh, posted on the website. You should check out the inaugural uh, this used to be just the Mattoon uh, holiday tournament, but they're kind of combining holiday tournaments as uh, Charleston as well used to have mm-hmm. uh, girls one uh, there as well. But instead, they're combining uh, tournaments kind of this year. Uh, so it's going to be the inaugural Coles County holiday basketball tournament. And it's going to be played at both Mattoon High School and Charleston High School. And we had just posted that schedule up on the website, fmradio.com, and we'll have all the other uh, tournaments uh, schedules up there as well as uh, they come in. As you know, the FEM's top list brackets was revealed the other day uh, for later on in this month as well. And the Dietrich uh, Boys and Girls tournaments have been uh, set as well. So uh, they'll be up there, so uh, check them out when they uh, flow in there on our local sports tab uh, there's where you can check them out all right uh, so we've uh, prolonged this enough as we need to just uh, again I, it seems like i always say this rip off the band-aid but uh, we're finally going to talk about college basketball and we're finally going to talk about that illinois loss on a saturday to uh, tennessee so that's coming up next here on the star lineup the starting lineup from 98.9 the game studios we'll be right back
This is Lucas Kroening with a message from the FNM Fire Department. As a firefighter, I've witnessed the devastating consequences of vehicle accidents. Let's stay focused. Distracted driving kills. Keep your eyes on the road and off your phone. Buckle up. Seatbelts save lives. It's a simple action that can prevent serious injuries. Also, let's protect our little ones. Use proper car seats for children to ensure their safety. And always check the back seat. Don't forget about loved ones or pets before leaving the car. Let's prioritize car safety. Together, we can save lives. Geckner Brothers in Effingham is now the exclusive area dealer for Bintelli with an awesome line of street legal golf carts. You'll find both four and six seat models in lots of different colors to fit your style. Made in the USA, you'll find great deals on remaining in stock 2023 models with $1,000 off. Check the inventory at GecknerCarts.com or stop by and check out the great lineup. There's Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, 600 East Fayette, Effingham. Hey, it's Amanda, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A nugget trays is that they're so easy for the holidays. They're warm and flavorful. It's always the crowd pleaser. When I put down a nugget tray, everyone is happy. Hey, this is Brian, and a little thing I love about the Chick-fil-A nugget trays is the joy that it brings to me and everybody around me during the holidays. They're warm, juicy, and delicious. Cater the holidays with Chick-fil-A today, available on the Chick-fil-A app. Real guests paid for their testimonials. You already know Prize Picks is the most fun you'll have this football season. But now you can play during basketball season too. Just select more players, pick more or less on the projected stats, and place your entry. You could turn $10 into $250. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Visit prizepicks.com slash play now and use code play now. That's code play now at prizepicks.com slash play now. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. And now, where this is the furthest Effingham has gotten, and how many times? I'm going to get blasted for getting this wrong. Who wants to go first? Travis. Third round, three times. Semis. Once. Once. This year. The starting lineup. Like I said, by next week it'll no, be completely No, no, that's wrong. Well, I mean, it's okay. Everyone gets $5. Jesus, oh, that was so stupid. On 98.9 The Game. So stupid. <laughs> Thought this was a freaking trick question. Eric Fry, Sports Center update. The Blues are on a four game losing streak following a 6 4 loss to the Detroit Red Wings at the Enterprise Center. St. Louis is now 13 14 and 1 on the season. They host Ottawa tomorrow night, and that loss costs the coach his head coaching job. Craig, uh, is it Braby? Braby. We'll say Braby. Uh, was fired yesterday. Drew Bannister will take over as interim head coach. He served as a head coach of the Springfield Thunderbirds, the Blues AHL affiliate. Fin- Brubay finished his tenure with 206 wins and five plus seasons, and most importantly, a Stanley Cup. He'll always have that. Cardinals have put the finishing touches on their coaching staff for the 2024 season. They hired Keck Heffer and Daniel Macalia yesterday. Heffer will be an assistant pitching coach, while McLea takes over as Major League Coordinator of Technology and Systems. The pair will join new bench in returning assistance on Ali Marmol's staff next season. Avila, 81-64 in SAU Edwardsville, was edged by Austin P 72-68. Blackhawks took a loss to Edmonton and the Oilers, 41 4-2-1. In Edmonton, the Blackhawks now 9-18-1 on the season. They visit the Kraken tomorrow night. 
Welcome back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN the Radio, and I'm writing this down. <laughs> that was just uh, that was all not your best. I didn't, I didn't do a single one good. There <laughs> wasn't was a good your, one in the in the bunch. That was not your, your best performance on sports and no. there. No, <laughs> it just all all went downhill. Names it started bad. <laughs> it's uh, Bruby. Well, and whatever. <laughs> yeah. That, Doesn't matter anymore. Fired. It's unemployed now is his name. Yeah, he got relieved of his duties was the official uh, fired <laughs> announcement. Just relieved of his coaching duties there. Uh, yes, he'll always have uh, 2019, yep. and uh, the Chief always uh, will be remembered in Blues lore uh, for that, for taking over yep. uh, that. And I don't feel like fans are blaming Bruby at all. No. Uh, I see a lot of people with their pitchforks out for uh Mr. Armstrong, uh, there the general manager. St. Louis not uh, not happy with a general manager of their team. Hmm. I know Mo's not technically the GM; he's the manager of baseball operations. Or well, but at least uh, the Blues made a change, unlike the Cardinals, who are still going with the same. Yeah, true. They had last think, year, but they brought in Daniel Descalzo. So I don't yeah, like well, difference. that's good. And also, if you were worried, uh, the Cardinals also extended their naming rights for uh, to, to 2030 with uh, Anheuser Busch. So thank goodness, it's still going to be Busch Stadium. Oh, I, I mean, you very, talk about very a riot in St. Louis if they ever change the name of Busch Stadium. We had it on three different stadiums now, and if we change that. Oh, boy, oh, boy. I was worried. I was worried. <laughs> and it's just like change your Wrigley Field. You can't do that. No, it's not even owned by the Wrigley's anymore. Yeah, I know. You just, you can't, you can't do it. No, you can't. Uh, there, but. I feel like changing Comiskey. Uh, which they did. Yeah. And now look at them. Now they're thinking about moving to Nashville. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Having some talks to move to Nashville. Why not? Why not? Move to the. Uh, Las Vegas of the East Coast. I yeah, guess you'd I've say. never heard it called that, and I hate it. Uh, for uh, the nickname escapes me. I, uh, right I, now, I don't care. Whatever. That, that's awful. It's becoming. It is becoming that uh, very uh, touristy. As someone who has family that lives in Nashville, I can attest that yes, the people from Nashville hate it. There, very now. touristy uh, with the main drag there, and every country music artist opening a bar. There. Oh yeah. Bailey becoming Bourbon Street there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we're kind of getting uh, derailed there. We with are. The, well, we're trying to delay talking about. Uh, I Illinois. know. Just keep keep pushing it back. You want to talk about it tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's uh, let's uh, let's get it. As uh, Tennessee, they uh, they whooped uh, Illinois uh, in the second half in particular. But uh, Illinois actually had the two point lead at halftime. But uh, Tennessee uh, implemented their will, and when they went on their run uh, there, uh, it was over. Uh, train was rolling down the tracks. 86 to 79 was the final score for the uh, Volunteers. And uh, just uh, watching uh, that game, this is nothing new for the Illini, but they only have two plays in their playbook shoot the three, and Terrence Shannon Jr. going downhill with reckless abandonment to yep. the rim. Yeah. That's the only thing this offense mm-hmm. uh, can do. And, well, uh, Damask and Terrence Shannon Jr., they were not themselves uh, what they were against FAU. Uh, not very shooting efficient 
there at all. Uh, Damask, he only had uh, six points. It was a rough day for him. He was two for 11 shooting. You took a Wisconsin kid who went to Carbondale, and you threw him out there in the, the, to the streets, basically, and he couldn't handle the physicality that the volunteers were throwing at him. And Sharon Jr. wasn't very efficient either, but he did end up having 22 points. But uh, Quincy Guerrier, though, he knocked down a couple early threes, and that got him going early. Unfortunately, that got him shooting the three ball a lot more than yep. we're accustomed for him to shoot. But he did end up tying the team lead with 22 points in the game, and they made him respect the outside game uh, early on. But uh, another thing that I want to point out, I'm not blaming anything on this because Tennessee, clearly the better team. We said it coming in. They're a lot better than Penn State was last year when we came off that disappointing mm -hmm. uh, result after the Jimmy V Classic big win. Uh, but I'm um, just stating facts here. There were seven fouls called in the first half, and there was like 100 free throws shot in the second half. The game was just officiated differently from one half to the other. That drives me nuts. I I agree, but I will say, Travis, it is not an issue, and here's why, because the team foul difference was two. Well, yeah, I, that's what I was saying. It was bad for both teams. Right, 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 right. But I mean, my I know goodness. you Illini fans always looking for no, something. No, so. no, definitely. But I'm saying it, it's a fact. It's Travis. It's what you know. I, I mentioned this after the FAU 62 game. Sixty-two free throws were shot combined. <laughs> that's As someone insane. who's been Travis to a fifty free throw game. <laughs> yeah. It was bad. Say. It was bad. Tennessee was in the bonus for the last – they were in the bonus with 15 minutes left to go in the mm -hmm. second half. Mm -hmm. And also, Illinois, for as much as we dog them shooting free throws, didn't matter much in this game, but they only missed four. They were yeah. 24 or 28, yeah. so let's give them the flowers where uh, they deserve it. They didn't do much else good, uh, at least in the second half at least, but uh, they were good free throw shooting. Travis, it goes back to what I said that, you know, after the FAU game. You're not going to shoot 63% from the field. You're not going to shoot 40 from three every game. Mm -hmm. Illinois, in that FAU game, shot 63.2% from the field, 40% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. They're 18 of 20 in that game. On Saturday, 35% from the field, 25% from three, 85% from the free throw line. Like you said, only missed four. That is just the difference in night and day, and that's the problem when you are not creating plays to find open men mm. to get easy shots. Yeah. Every line I shot, it feels like is contested. There's no open space on the floor. Yeah. And they're just jacking up these threes. Yeah. I mean, when you go nine of 36, nine of 36 from three mm. at some point, And Travis, I feel like I'm a broken record. I feel like I said the same thing last year. At some oh, point, yeah. Coach Underwood has to call a timeout and say, stop it. Oh, yeah. Stop doing this. You're hurting us. Because they also got out-rebounded 43-34. to 34. So it would be one thing if you were putting up the threes and not getting you know, and not getting them to fall, but you were getting offensive rebounds, keeping possessions alive, getting put back, stuff like that. They only had 12 offensive rebounds, Travis. Yeah. Tennessee had 30 defensive rebounds. Mm -hmm. So they were getting out-rebounded from the word go. Mm -hmm. I just, this Illinois team yeah. is who we thought they were. 
Yeah, I'm. I don't. Some of the the threes I I can live with, but some of the threes that they were taking there on Saturday, I just you just can't live with them. Uh, there they were just forcing it uh, way too much. And you mentioned Damascus Travis. I told you after the game at FAU, he's yeah, not going to go 15 for 21 again, and he yeah. went two for 11, mm-hmm. which is closer to his normal, closer to his average this year of percentage of what he's been doing. Well, yeah. That's going to happen. We talked about it. This Illinois team gets up for big games, but then the emotional letdown of the next game is right there. They Mm -hmm. can't sustain it. Yeah. And to be fair to Coach Underwood, Travis, I don't think this is a Coach Underwood problem. I think it's an Illinois problem. Yeah. Think about it. How long has it been since Illinois has made it again as we've talked about, and I know Illinois fans don't want to hear it, made it past the first weekend in the tournament. Mm-hmm. Because you have to sustain momentum. You have to keep that emotion up game after game. And it feels like Illinois gets an emotional first game, but then the second game they have no emotion left. They used it all in game one. Yeah, it's a letdown for sure. It's They just, it just can't sustain happening. momentum for a whole season. And again, it has been... <sighs> I want to believe, Travis. <laughs> I really do. Do you? But I'm telling you, this football team and the basketball team are a lot closer than fans want to admit. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would argue that the, the gap is bigger for the basketball team more than the football team because at least we can consistently uh, make the tournament in a Coach Underwood's era. And now with the Coach Bielema, uh, we underachieved in this one, and we underachieved towards the end of last season for the football team. So, uh, But we've done it for sustained, at least for Coach Underwood, making the postseason. I know we haven't done a lot when we get there, but at least we've gotten there. I was saying close together in that they have blip years that then we try to base everything off of. Yeah. We have outlier years that give us hope that this is the new norm, and it's not. It's an outlier. Yeah, I mean, I think that traditionally, I think that uh, the football traditionally team Traditionally, the basketball had... team is better than the football team, yes. Yeah. But recently, take away the Io Kofi years, Travis. We are well, a sure. mid-pack team. Yeah. We're a mid-pack Big Ten team. Yeah. No, that, that's true if you take out the, the Io Kofi teams. Which, again is one recruiting class and two guys. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to the rest of the guys on those teams because they were all really good. Mm-hmm. But it's one recruiting class. Yeah. They haven't been able to replicate that success. And the powerhouse programs in the country on the basketball side represent it and replicate it every year. It doesn't oh, yeah. matter what players come in and out because after a year or two, they go to the draft anyways. But the good programs keep replenishing their talent pool, and Illinois has not been able to do that for years. Mm, yeah. Even even the Final Four run the next year after Darren Williams and D Brown D Brown were gone, there was nothing. Yeah, I mean, on that team, after the Final Four, Darren went to a draft early, yep. and D stuck around for his senior season with Augustine, yep. but those are the only two players, really. Yep, and then it fell off a cliff after that. Yeah, it did fall off a cliff. Illinois hard. has a problem with replenishing its talent pool. Mm-hmm. 
It's like yeah. they get so they get satisfied with the roster they have when they have good years that they quit focusing on next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear it till the end of time that the reason why Illinois fell off after that Final Four run is because Coach Self went to take that job at Kansas. I mean, and... I'm sure it didn't help. Yeah. But, again, this is a pattern for the school. Mm-hmm. It In terms of other, you know, other sports, Travis, they are going all in to make the Super Bowl. They're going all in in this one year. You can't because you have another year. Yeah. And unlike, well, I guess a little bit like pro sports, you can't go buy talent. <laughs> but team, even you could have all the money in the world, but kids have to be interested in wanting to come to you. Yeah. And I think Illinois, even in the transfer portal, Travis, we're getting mid-pack talent from the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, I guess outside of Shannon Jr. and uh, Meyer, uh, I guess you could say that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Illinois has a little bit of time to uh, think about it and mull it over as their next game isn't until Saturday or Sunday, right? Sunday. Saturday. Against Sunday? Colgate. Sunday against Colgate. Noon. That's right. I think that it's uh, – I saw that promotional video uh, yesterday that they're going to have a doubleheader. There at the State Farm Center, it's going to be Illinois and Colgate first, and then uh, the women are against uh, Mizzou, and that's nice. who uh, Mizzou. Uh, that's who we got after yep. this Colgate game, the Braggarites game on the twenty second. Yep. There and then we uh, sandwich poor Fairleigh Dickerson in before we uh, get to Big Ten play. Yeah, you may need Fairleigh Dickerson there, Travis, to you know, kind of kind of like having Colgate here. You need a get-right game. You need a game to give you some confidence and a win. Soften the blow before Northwestern and mm-hmm. Purdue. Yep. Back-to-back, at least at Northwestern games at home. Yep. Purdue's on the road, and who knows what Sparty's record will be by that time. They've fallen off a cliff after starting off number four. I always talk about FAU being overrated, but they stuck Michigan State up there with name alone and Coach yeah. Izzo alone, and look at them now. They're uh, poorest record. Yeah, uh, for them. To like start we said, the, the Big Ten is not intimidating this year. Minus, yeah, really. you no know, Northwestern's playing some good ball, and of course Purdue. Mm-hmm. It's there for the taking. Yeah, it's just not even Illinois wants to step up and take it. <sighs> Michigan State four and five, and uh, you know who knows oh, by Wisconsin's the time. Ranked, but... Yeah, lost to Arizona. Yeah, uh, but Arizona in the country. You can uh, excuse that loss. Yeah. Uh, and who knows by the time January 18th rolls around with the way it's gone in Michigan and the way that uh, Juan Howard is, Juan Howard may not even make it to that matchup mm-hmm. uh, there, which would be a uh, shame. It would be a shame to not take another loss to Coach Underwood, who he's never beaten yeah. in his tenure. And at also, Michigan State. Uh, after that Michigan game, you know, we had Rutgers, which we've already beaten at Northwestern. Don't sleep on Indiana either this year, Travis. They're playing some decent ball. Seven two, yeah. They're playing some decent ball, and they got the power of Bob Knight's. Uh, it's spirit true, the spirit, him. absolutely, yeah. And that Northwestern game, we sometimes we play bad at Northwestern. So. Yeah, yeah. But we said <laughs> that about going that to the one. rack, and yeah. we took care of business yeah, there. Look what we did there. So uh, that's what's going down. And of course, you can hear a coverage of that uh, men's game against Colgate. On a Sunday, right here on a 98.9. All right, so we're up against the clock, and we need to close this down, and we need to close it down. I'm talking more basketball, talking NBA basketball with a couple of ejections there. Last little hit up on next. 
the starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Imagine the possibilities with Teutopolis State Bank. This is Jerry Rundy. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk with your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. In Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Business owners, are you ready to take the next step to increase your revenue? Cromwell Media can help you broaden your revenue capabilities beyond your expectations, offering geofencing, retargeting, website design, video production, and social media management. Hi, this is Sheila Myers, General Manager at Cromwell Media in Effingham. Our five great radio stations will help you build your brand locally. Extended with digital, we can put your brand anywhere in the country. You've put so much into your business, let media experts help because your success is our success. And now. But then uh, tomorrow I'll open up a uh, three-game set with the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks coming up uh, tomorrow. But enjoy St. Louis Cardinal baseball right here and right now on 98.9 The Game. The starting lineup. Oh, I still got, we still got a few more minutes. What am I doing? What am I doing here? You're supposed to keep me. You're supposed to keep me on the rails here. I'm Jeez, sorry. my I, God! I was, I was, I was just agreeing with you. Oh my God! It's okay. Not really. But. Yeah, we still got a couple more minutes. Let's talk about Carrasco. On ninety-eight-nine, the game. Welcome back in to the starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game. Only here on 98.9 The Game, which is a, a smidge, a bit longer. But we continue with the uh, theme of the show, it seems like. it's and That's talking about uh, some uh, basketball. And we get to uh, the NBA from last night, including a, a couple of ejections. And one is a uh, repeat offender. No surprise about uh, this ejection right here as it was in the uh, Golden State Warriors and uh, Phoenix Suns game. As, of course, you know, when you talk about Golden State and ejection, did you expect to be anybody else? It was Draymond Green getting ejected and receiving a flagrant two foul. And it was Draymond, of course. Anyone else? Draymond Green, of course, gets hit with a, a flagrant two. And uh, he uh, basically punched Nurkic there in the game as he was trying to explain it after the game. But come on, Draymond. I, I didn't mean to hit him. I just kind of swung. He was pulling at my hip, so I wanted to get him off me. So I just kind of swung. And even I couldn't be accurate for a spinning behind the back punch. So I didn't mean to hit him. But. Ah, well, uh, Draymond doesn't get the benefit of the doubt anymore. Uh, so we'll, he is most likely going to be suspended uh, for some time for that. And uh, when is enough going to be enough? I know that, you know, Golden State, it's kind of like your troubled friend or troubled sibling. You, you want to, you love them, uh, but they keep messing up. And when is enough enough? And uh, time to have an intervention for Draymond, but... At least his podcasting numbers are going to be solid after this one. After he's ejected on games, his podcasting numbers always take a, 
a jump. So there's that. Uh, the Suns did win by three in the game, if you're wondering. And uh, can we claim this guy too? No, we can't because he played at Santa Clara and got drafted from Santa Clara. Brandon Podzinski, yes. Former Illini, transferred to Santa Clara, balled out there in that tournament NBA uh, draft pick, and he ended up leading, actually, the top performer for Golden State. He had 20 points, 11 rebounds, so nice to see Pod has flourished even when he left Illinois. And also, I uh, mentioned the other ejection. It happened in the Bulls game. It happened in Chicago there as the Nuggets end up winning the game, 114-106, to but... Uh, Jokic, he's the one that ends up uh, getting ejected, uh, therefore arguing a call. And, well, the uh, refs decide to take matters in their own hands, and they end up deciding to uh, throw Jokic out of the game. And it just so happened to be uh, a Serbian Heritage Night ah. there in Chicago as well. And the crowd booed him for it. Very poor timing. And, of course, you would. Yep. I mean, if you're going to a Nuggets game, you're not paying to see Reggie Jackson drop 25. You're going to see Jokic drop a triple-double. Mm -hmm. And the refs just take it upon themselves to throw Jokic out for really nothing at all. Happens in an NBA game all the time. But decided to take matters in their own hands and become an, uh, a ref show and toss uh, Jokic after the game. Mm-hmm. Very poor night to do that yes, as well. I agree. But in Chicago, wouldn't expect anything less from that game. Uh, Celtics, uh, they also got the win over the Cavs, 120-113. to 113. Uh, The Mavericks beat the uh, in-season tournament champs, uh, Lakers, 125 or 127-125. to 125. Luka, four points away from a uh, triple-double, but he ended up dropping 33 points and 17 assists. Uh, LeBron's 33 points wasn't quite enough as the Mavs pull out the win. And also the uh, Clippers blew out the Kings last night. 119 to 2-99 was the final score there. Kawhi mm -hmm. with 31 to lead the way for the Clips. And uh, tonight, any uh, good uh, matchups? Uh, we'll see if the Pistons can ever win again. They lost like 19 or 20 games in a row now. They're against the 76ers. Uh, NBA TV's guy, the Lakers against one. That's about it. Knicks Jazz, maybe. Pacers Bucks, 7 o'clock if you can find that game. But that's about it. Uh, so that'll do it here for the uh, programming. Uh, still got more stuff to uh, say in the yep. pod, so uh, check that out. And coming up next here on ESPN Radio is a Carlin versus Joe. And follow me. So enjoy the rest of your ESPN Radio afternoon. Thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. Suzuki, the call. Oh, no, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Welcome back in uh, to overtime of the uh, starting lineup here on the podcast. Coming up, got some uh, baseball to uh, hit up on. The uh, Giants made a uh, signing there last night. Uh, got Eric's opinions on the uh, Draymond situation. Yep. Got more yep. stuff to say about that. Yep, yep, yep. Wasn't able to uh, fit it in there. Yep. 
at the end of the Trestle Show, we got this day in sports history, and it got a little NASCAR news. Yes. As well. Yes. Very well. About everyone's favorite down under NASCAR driver. Down under. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll hit up on that. Is there anything on SportsCenter that you wanted to get to? Yeah, the Bulls are inducting 13 people into their new ring of honor. Michael Jordan obviously headlines the inaugural class of former Bulls that was announced yesterday. Also joining him will be Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Tony Kukoc, Jerry Krause, and Tex Winter. The 13 former players and staff of the 95-96 team that won 72 games in an NBA championship will be honored in various events next month. Chicago will have a new inductee into its ring of honor every two years. Every two years. We get to see MJ and Tony Kukoc together. <laughs> what about Scotty? Uh, he's going to be there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they're inviting Scotty. Um, the Colts haven't seen the last of Jonathan Taylor. Head coach Steve Sarkeesian told reporters yesterday that the team expects Taylor to recover from his injured thumb for the end of the regular season, though his stats for Week 15 is up in the air. Hmm. The Vikings are making a change of quarterback for their upcoming game against the Bengals. Minnesota head coach Kevin O'Connell has named Nick Mullins the team starter for Saturday's matchup in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. The NFL wrapped up its special meeting from Irvine, Texas yesterday, or I guess early this morning. Front office officials gathered on Tuesday to network and discuss several changes to regular season international play. Yep. Owners are expected, which would require all 32 teams to play at least one home game outside the U.S. every four years. The league will also consider games in Madrid and Brazil next season. In addition, Albert Beer with MMQB reports health and safety changes are on the agenda for today. Three specific plays will be reviewed. Hip drop tackles, split flow blocks, and the infamous tush push. Yes. And they also discussed that uh, game in Brazil. Yep. And they're officially going to play that in 2024. Uh, The Wizards and Capitals are expected to leave their home in downtown D.C. ESPN Mm. reports the CEO of Monument Sports and Entertainment and team owner Ted Leonis plans to move both the Washington teams to a new arena complex and entertainment district in Northern Virginia. Both the Wizards and Capitals have played at Capital One Arena since 1997 and could exit the lease in 2027. Reports that a new arena could start construction in 2025 and be completed by 2028. Mm-hmm. Going to the sanctuary of yep. Virginia. Yep. Uh, the Giants are landing one of the top prospects from overseas. ESPN reports San Francisco and outfield Jung-Hoo Lee have agreed on a six-year deal with $113 million. Lee comes to MLB after being one of the top batters in the Korean baseball organization. The 25-year-old outfielder batted 318 with six home runs and 45 RBIs last year, but has year cut short because of a broken ankle. 2022, Lee was named the KBO MVP after batting 349 with a career-high 23 home runs. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, six years, $113 million contract. Yep. And we'll talk about how that will affect another team in our area coming up in just a little bit. Uh, that's also the uh, Giants also made some uh, news as well when they with uh, we inked that deal, but they also said they offered near nearly an identical deal to the mm-hmm. Dodgers mm-hmm. deal for Otani. Yep. As well, well, sure you did. Sure you did. I and I almost won the lottery yesterday. You did. You just needed to play. <laughs> I just was needed. All five numbers. No, you had the right numbers. You just didn't buy a ticket. Exactly. That's the problem. Exactly. Um, and then uh, 
The Florida Attorney General is launching an investigation to determine if the NCAA and associate committees were involved in any anti-competitive conduct resulting in the undefeated Florida State Seminoles being snubbed from the college football championship. She says her office sent a subpoena demanding all communications related to the voting process. Let it go. Law- <laughs> exactly. Let, it, Let go. it go. Let it go. Let it go. And don't you lawmakers have more important more issues important to worry about than college Look, football? It's the attorney general. That's why. <laughs> they have nothing to do until something is brought to them. I guess. And finally, Travis, it is the end of an era. As according to reports, longtime New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick is leaving the organization at the end of the football season. That's according to NBC Sports Boston. Patriots made the decision back in November. Mm-hmm. So his final... Game will be the last week of the season. It will be at home against the Jets. How fitting. Rodgers will send Bill Belichick on his way. Yeah. Uh, but, of course, on brand, when he was oh, yeah. asked in his yeah, press yeah. conference there, I'm uh, getting ready for Kansas City. It's the only thing he said to those rumors and uh, questions. We also just got word, Travis, that uh, the 2027 Super Bowl is going to be in L.A. Yep. Coming Wasn't back to so far. just there? Mm-hmm. Come on. Can we go to yep, Indy? Can we go to... You know, just like uh, with the entertainment issue with I Indianapolis, know. it's not a destination city. I know, especially in the cold months. 2024, of course, this upcoming Super Bowl is in Vegas. In 2025, it's going to be in New Orleans at the Superdome. Uh, 2026, it's at Levi Stadium. And then just announced 2027 back at SoFi. So it's going to be in, in California LA. two straight years. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see if the Rams can get back there. Next time that there's going to be a Super Bowl close to us, we'll be when the Bears build their stadium wherever it is it's yep, going to be. exactly. Who, who knows where it's going to be. Leaving that 2028 20, date open. Yep. For now. Yep. So that the Bears Chicago, can, we're waiting Chicago, on you. Chicago, you can get it <laughs> if you ever decide where you're putting this stadium. Exactly. And if it's not close to Chicago, you will not get the, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. And also, you can't uh, forget that schedule right now, the World Cup is here in the United States in 2026 as well, scheduled to be in Los Angeles if they can ever agree uh, to, agree to uh, the uh, conditions yeah. that uh, uh, FIBO wants with uh, replacing artificial turf fields and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, the Summer Olympics will be there in 2028. Everything's in LA. In California, yep. Wow. Everything. World Cup, Super Bowl, Olympics. Yep. Now all they need is WrestleMania. Yep. Don't worry, it'll come. It's just it was just there. Yep. This past this past year it was. Give it a couple more years, it'll be there again. Yeah. All right, Travis. Mm-hmm. Where are we going from here? Sure, we can go a couple of different places here. Let's just go ahead and continue the Draymond, the Draymond stuff. Okay, this bum. Mm-hmm. Should be suspended minimum ten games. Yeah, I mean, and I would tell him, "This is it. Yeah, this is your like last opportunity. Your last second chance. After this, you're done. Right. Because what's going to happen if he does this? And every time he does this, oh, it's an accident." But what happens if he does it one time and the player he hits gets up and just left hooks him or right hooks him right in the mouth? They should. Then he's going to come back and be like, oh, it was just an accident. I don't get what the big deal is. He assaulted me. 
They should. They darn right they should. This is just ridiculous. You should be starting some like if I was whoever Draymond plays when he comes back from his suspension, which again, minimum of ten games. Whoever it is that that they're playing, Travis, I would start someone who is like the last person on my depth chart <laughs> and tell him your job is when that ball is tipped is to go up to Draymond and punch him in the face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is your job and you're going to get kicked out of the game and that's fine. I'm willing to lose you. <laughs> yeah. The guys have got to agree to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is uh, Draymond's third ejection this season alone. Get him out of here. Yeah. Like, I know. Repeat, else? repeat offender. So who else is getting this many chances? I mean, uh, never mind. I was going to say, you know, Latrell Spiroll, well, he choked a coach. Ron Artest went in the crowd. So those aren't really great examples. But then, but you know, Ron Artest, he, his reputation was tarnished for the longest time, but yeah. he rehabilitated that, and he yes. ended up getting back in the league, and he became not much of a problem. No. So he changed his ways. I, but Draymond is not changing. He's not changing his ways. Because so, he thinks it's just, cool. Yeah. He thinks it's the brand. And he thinks it's because he's never been punished. Yep. He's just gotten slapped on the wrist. I would love for the NBA to come out today and say he's suspended the rest of the year. Ooh. Take that. <laughs> but they uh, won't do it. No. Uh, that might be a little a little too harsh. But, uh, yeah, it definitely should be a lengthy suspension. And you're looking at it, if it's 10 games... Dallas, Orlando, Denver kind of area. Detroit is also in there as well. It'll be six games, Travis. Yeah. Because I'm looking at that schedule that you have pulled up. The sixth game would make him eligible to return for Christmas Day. Oh, yep. To take on Denver. The Nuggets, yep. They want him on ABC so they can talk about it on a national audience. That game's at one thirty too. Yep. Yeah, that's local time, but and we'll have it on ninety nine. The game. Yeah, Christmas. So you can hear Draymond make his return. Christmas. Is that at Golden State or at Denver? It's at Denver. So they can boo him. Yeah. Jokic, go punch him in the face. <laughs> uh, in my country, we don't put up with that. No. No. Definitely not. Draymond, if he if he did something to Jokic, he wouldn't have to worry about Jokic. He's got to worry about his brothers and everything coming after him. Then, yeah, <laughs> uh, but he's yeah, a bum. This is just—he's a thirty-three-year-old bum it's, it's from Michigan who thinks he's cool. But Travis, in his career, Mister, I'm cool. 8.7 points, 5.6 assists, and 7 rebounds average for his career. Mm. Mediocre. Being carried by Clay and Steph. Mm. Yeah, but he's never been that guy that they really leaned on offensively. He was more there for his defensive presence and obviously brings a... A swag. Yeah. I don't care. Bum. 
But the most important statistic that you left out there, four-time NBA champion. Bum. And eight-time all-defensive player. And a 2016 defensive player of the year. Don't care. <laughs> Bum. I know. And you know why the, why he does this, don't you? When he was in college, he practiced with a football team. Well, yeah. And he played tight end during the green-white spring game in 2011. Hmm. So, that's why he does this. It's football. He also was arrested in 2016 for an assault Hmm. in East Lansing, Michigan. Well, that... That's off the court issues. I can't speak on that. Well, yeah, but he uh, he slapped a, a gentleman. So that goes right there. It's on brand. And he poked he poked this individual in the chest. Mm-hmm. That's that's Draymond. Yeah, it's what he does. Yep, on the court, off the court, doesn't matter. And by the way, I I, I think you said we were talking off air before the show started. Oh, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman would kick his you-know-what. Yeah, yeah, he would. Dennis Rodman <laughs> would gladly roundhouse, give him a roundhouse. Oh, yeah, he wouldn't put up with that. At the absolutely very least, not. he'd suplex him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be the match at the Royal Rumble or at WrestleMania. Dennis Rodman was a bad boy when it wasn't cool. And he, uh-huh. and he got that from being with those Pistons. Which were any Isaiah Thomas would kick Draymond's butt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get out of here. Yeah, I know. He's going to get out of here for a little bit of time. We'll see bum. what the suspension is. Make a statement, NBA. <laughs> Put your foot down. Put your foot down. Make, Make it so statement. that it has to be first things first tomorrow. Ooh, there you go. There you go. That would be a good idea. I agree. All right, so um, where are we going to go next? Uh, this date? Sure. State in sports history? We can do this date. On this date, 1983, the highest scoring game in NBA history, the Pistons beat the Nuggets 186-184. to 184. The game goes three overtimes, and the teams combined for 80 points in the extra periods. Mm. That's a lot of points. Yep. Travis, on this day in 1996, Roger Clemens left Boston for Toronto in free agency. He only pitched two seasons in Canada, but wins the AL Cy Young Award in both years. Clemens finished his tenure with Toronto with a 41 and 13 record, a 2.33 ERA, and 563 strikeouts. Hmm. A lot on, of strikeouts. Yes. On this day in 1997, Michigan cornerback, wide receiver, and kicker turner Charles Woodson. Becomes the first and today only primary defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. Woodson got 433 first place votes to beat out the three other finalists for the award. Those were Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, and Randy Moss. Mm. It's a pretty good company. It's a nice class right there. Mm -hmm. Uh, On this date in 2009, Broncos wide receiver Brandon Marshall set an NFL record with 21 receptions in a game against the Colts. On the state in 2015, Cleo Mack had five sacks and a 15-12 win against the Broncos. You can tell that was a Bears game. Yeah. And finally, I love the two coincidings of these, Travis. On this date in 2007, after adding after out of his deal signed in 2000, Alex Rodriguez signed a 10-year, $275 million deal to remain with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. So that was on the state in 2007. 
Yeah. You know what else happened on this date in 2007? What's that? The Mitchell Report was published. Oh. The report that calls the steroid era in the sport a collective failure named 89 former and present big league players who allegedly use illegal performance-enhancing drugs, including Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and Gary Sheffield. Mm-hmm. And eventually A-Rod would get tied up, not in the Mitchell Report, but in... Right. So I find it funny that he re-signed with the Yankees for this big contract on the same day that report was published. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there you go. That is uh, your sports center sport or history. The state. History thing, Imogen. The state thing. Yep. <laughs> Coming up on tomorrow's this day in sports history, um, we have a trade. And, Travis, we have one of the most famous upsets of all time. Famous upset. Famous upset. Hmm. Hmm. Well, a team that had a famous upset did something. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Look forward to that. Yep. Uh, so did you have any more on uh, baseball? Yes, I do have a couple little things. So did you see uh, Randy Rosarina? No, I didn't. He posted on Instagram a picture of him and uh, Shohei. So that has gotten the ball rolling because the Dodgers are the favorites to get Glass now. And according to a lot of people, it is a done deal that Tom Glass now is going to the Dodgers. Oh, it's just kind of getting. But from everything we've heard, a Rosarena is not part of that deal. Yeah. But it's still early. So we'll wait and see. Um, the other thing is that the Reds are showing an interest in Shane Bieber. So, again, that's another step in that the Glasnow trade is almost final, is that the Reds, who were kind of the, one of the front runners for Glasnow, have moved on to another starting pitcher. So, there is that. The Pirates made a signing yesterday that sounded uh, Rowdy Telez. Yes, they did. So, there is that. Staying um, in the division. Yes. And uh, Cody Bellinger's market? Eh, Maybe means he's coming back to the Cubs. We'll see because the Giants were probably in on Bellinger. He's not. They've now signed somebody. The Dodgers were in on Bellinger. They've now signed some. The Yankees were in on Bellinger. They got Soto. Mm-hmm. So the Bellinger market, if you're a Cub fan, looks like maybe a reunion is coming soon. We can hope. Possibly. They wouldn't make the offseason that or horrible. No. Missing out on Glass now and Bieber would, but... But, Travis, I wanted to bring up your catcher. Uh-huh. Mr. Contreras. Yes. Back in 2018. About Wilson. Wilson Contreras, part of the Chicago Cubs, as we, we know. Mm-hmm. And back in 2018, that was when the Cubs had a um, had to go game 163 against the Brewers, lost that game at Wrigley Field, and then the Cubs would go on to lose to the Rockies. But it has since been revealed by Eric Kratz, who was part of that team, Mm -hmm. that the Brewers knew all of the pitches the Cubs were calling that year Mm. when Wilson Contreras was catching. Because supposedly what he's saying is that the pitches were coming from the bench for Contreras' start. Now, we've always said that Contreras is not a great catcher in a catcher's perspective. You're getting him for your bat. Mm-hmm. His pitching, his pitcher stats are not great. Yeah. But Travis, putting that into perspective and putting into perspective what we heard about the Cardinals at the beginning of the year and throwing Wilson under the bus and everything like that, 
do you think there's validity to this? Do you think he's mm. still getting pitches called from the bench because he doesn't either believe in himself, doesn't have the knowledge, doesn't want to learn, can't commute, whatever the case may be? What did you say year that was? 2018. Was he pretty young in his career? He was. Yeah, so I mean, I think that has to be a factor. But also, don't forget, 2019, you Darvish and Christian Yelich had a dust up because Yelich said that there were tips pitch that that they were tipping pitches, mm-hmm. and that yeah, was 2019. That. So that'd be another you know year removed. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it it's just I don't know because we've always heard this and everyone has always said Wilson is not a great pitcher's catcher. Yeah, and if he's getting pitches from the dugout. That would be a big reason why I would think. So, mm-hmm. something to think about there. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're the St. Louis Cardinals. Yeah, some things could add up there. I mean, when there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just makes me go. It just makes me wonder. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Right. So. Anyways. Anyways. All right. Um, that was kind of all I had at this point as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need to close things out with uh, NASCAR. Yeah. So Some NASCAR news. Shane Van Ginsbergen, Travis. Who? The guy who won the inaugural Chicago Street Race. Oh, that guy. Remember? Yeah, I remember. Guy from New Zealand? Uh-huh. Well, he has announced that he is going to race full-time in the Xfinity Series next year. Mm-hmm. But he's also, with Calig Racing, but he's also going to make seven cup races driving for Trackhouse. Mm. Here are those races, Travis. Uh-huh. So first it is Circuit of the Americas in Austin. Makes sense. Road course guy. Makes, Makes sense. sense. Sure. Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Coke 600, the longest race of the year. That's diving in with both feet. Yeah. The Chicago Street Race again, obviously. Sure, yeah, why not? Watkins Glen, another road course, another kind of street road course. Mm-hmm. Las Vegas in the in the fall in October, which is, is an oval, but they had ovals in, you know, where he raced in Australia. It was kind of half oval, half road courses. Mm-hmm. But the most interesting one, Travis, and the one I'm going to be watching for the most not one, but both races at Talladega. Hmm. Nice. Just go ahead. Put you out at Talladega in April. Yeah. Go ahead. And then do it again in October in the middle of the playoffs. You're going to have this guy in the middle of the playoffs drafting? Hmm. Interesting. I don't know. In the middle of the a... postseason. Yeah, I don't I don't know if that's a great hmm. great call, <laughs> but that's what we're that's what we're going to go with, I guess. That's so. what he's going to do. Yes. So <laughs> That was kind of our, our little NASCAR update. There's been other little things happening, but uh, uh, 66 days, I believe, Travis, until the Daytona Ooh, 500. So. 66 days away from yep. the great American race. Yep. And They've NASCAR done some testing back. to try and make things better on the cars, and it hasn't worked. So mm. not working on trying to make the short track races better, and it hasn't done anything. So mm-hmm. yeah, not very thrilled about that. No. 
Denny Hamlin was on his podcast this week talking about how they just need more horsepower. And Tyler Reddick said the same thing. We just need more horsepower, but they don't want to give the cars more horsepower. So right. until they do that, none of these things are going to get fixed. So, mm. yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. And one of the one of the other podcasts I listened to, one of the hosts is like, here's the problem. When I was younger watching NASCAR, I used to think that the, the you know the drivers were kind of like Superman because they'd go out and drive these you know one thousand horsepower machines and and you know effortlessly. Yeah. The problem now is Travis, the amount of horsepower these cars have, you and me can buy them off the lot, really, and get more horsepower than what they have. Hmm. Some of these tracks, and I don't know the specifics, Travis, but some of the tracks they only have about six to seven hundred horsepower. Hmm. That's really not a lot. No. When you think about, it, you're supposed to be racing. So. Right. Anyways, that's that's yeah. where we're at with that. But hey, they got money now, so whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That's something that they have that we don't. Seven point seven billion dollars for NASCAR. Wow. That TV deal. Yeah. With the streaming services. Yep. So. There and you the C Dub. Oh, yes. Can't forget about the C-dub. Yep. TNT. Yep. Going to be back on that network. Yep. Which means I better see a NASCAR driver on uh, inside the NBA or whatever with uh, Shaq and, and all of them to, to hype up their first race. Uh, I'm sure we can pull in, like, Jeff Gordon or something. No, he's not He's not relevant. Not relevant enough. I just want Tyler Reddick. Denny Hamlin. Tyler Reddick because he is, like, Five two and hundred and twenty pounds. I want him standing next to Shaq. Can we get <laughs> sure. that to happen? Yeah. Or how about the NASCAR champion coming there? Ryan, Ryan Blaney. Blaney. Yeah. He's got a new spotter for next year. His spotter has moved on. Oh. Yeah. Chase Elliott also has a new spotter. Mm. Chase Elliott also had surgery. So did Denny Hamlin. So. Well. Guy's getting fixed. Of course. Gotta. Get fixed and then get right for Daytona. Yep. 66 days. 60 some days away. I think yeah. it's 66. Yeah, There's a countdown right. on Reddit, but they argue with each other over the day. So. That sounds right. Yeah. So. It's what Reddit's for. I mean, yeah, exactly. All right. I'm a, I'm out. <laughs> All right. So get on out of here. I was a little louder than I was anticipating, but uh, we'll be back for you tomorrow. And until then. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for uh, downloading. We're out of here. Peace.